0: Hi folks, the podcast that follows after this short intro is an excerpt from the end of a longer recording that I made with Ben Cartwright a few weeks back. Now we got talking at the end about some reports that were in the press back then about the high incidence of mental health problems among construction industry workers. And from talking to a lot of people in my network in our in our sub group of construction, fitted furniture, I know that it's it's definitely very common for people to struggle with anxiety, depression and other things often induced or worsened by the stress of this type of work. I decided to release this section earlier than originally planned because at the time of recording this now this is day one of lockdown due to coronavirus and I know that stress levels and anxieties could be very heightened amongst many of us. So I thought the podcast might be quite a good in a funny way a break from that because when it was recorded it was completely uninformed and and, and unaware of this current issue but we do touch on issues around mental health that I hope will be relevant and encouraging to anybody that needs to hear this sort of message. The full podcast which is getting on for two hours long is available on my member-only site at buymeacoffee.com slash freebird and really the only reason I'm not putting it out publicly is that these podcasts are unscripted and sometimes the things that we talk about I feel afterwards it's wise not to put out publicly but Ben and I both felt that what was said we were happy to go out but perhaps just within limits. It may make sense when you listen to the podcast if you do um, choose to to subscribe and listen to the whole thing then i think you'll find it a really interesting insight into machinery and methods from a very experienced workshop-based joiner Um, ben was trained in in other companies before going out on his own and he also talks about the machinery that he chose for quality and good value in setting up his workshop so i found it a very insightful and helpful conversation which is perhaps why partly why it went on so long um so whether you choose to to listen to that or, or stick with this shorter section i hope you enjoy it and find it interesting and i always welcome your comments thanks
1: that might be a good lead into I, i've noticed on the top of your instagram you did a little story about this mental health story that I noticed, I think it was on, on radio one and probably elsewhere Yeah. about yeah. the high incidence of suicide, mental health problems Correct. in the construction yeah. industry. What led you to to want to share that on your Instagram?
2: Um, well, basically because um, I've suffered with depression from my early twenties mm-hmm. um, and, you know, I've, I've, I've kind of had such a long journey with with the illness that yeah I've got quite a lot of empathy uh, and understanding for people that are perhaps going through the same things and uh, and I know through my own experiences how hard it is sometimes to talk about openly about like issues of of that degree yeah. and uh, I just think, I just thought it was a real shame to hear that and I thought I'd post it I mean you know I've only got very few. Um, you know, to less than 200 followers, so it's not really going to impact. But I just thought it was quite important to me, so I just put it as a bit of a story on there, and you know, just to try and get people to open up really and not not be so fearful of talking about about problems.
1: Yeah, I think the isolation can make it worse mm-hmm. because if you get in that that really down place, then it gets harder and harder to open up, doesn't it? And you can yeah. feel that nobody, nobody knows, nobody understands.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. I think the building industry. I think probably why why it's so poor in the building industry, and it's only just it's only just starting now to perhaps be a little bit better. Uh, is is like it's such a rough and ready kind of, you know, it's like you start saying like, I'm feeling really down. It's like, ah, pull yourself together. Yeah. You know? what's, what's the matter with you? You know, blah, blah, blah. You should see what I've got going on at my house, you know. yeah.
0: And it's like,
2: there's no kind of, there's not a lot of empathy and, and yeah. you know, it's, uh, so people too, that's why they're probably fearful. I mean, that, that on that actual um, broadcast on Radio 1, they, they were saying that there are more um, construction-based companies now that are, are uh, having like you know people actually um, employed like 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 almost like a first aider, but someone there's a go-to person. Should someone be struggling that's that right. that's in that curious. way, where they've got someone to actually go and be able to talk to? I can imagine um, that that's really
1: important because if there's somebody who's officially there for you to go talk about that. That's mm. going to overcome a big barrier, isn't it? Because otherwise, yeah, who definitely. do you talk to? Because you could definitely. just face—I suppose it's the fear that you might face ridicule or shame.
2: Yeah, I think way. I think a lot of the time it's like people are, are fearful that pe- that other people are going to think they think less of them, that mm. they can't cope, and all this and it, it, all this—all the horrible stereotypes that come with that kind of. You know, w- with it, you know the, the, the stereotypes are, are there, and that, and they'll they'll be there still for a very long time until uh, until there's a bit more understanding around it. You know, yeah. Um, and I, I, the way I look at it is only like like someone like myself who's willing to to openly talk about it. And and you know, some people will make will form a judgment. Some people won't. Some people will be supportive. Some people won't. But I'm happy to put it out there, and you know. I'm not really that bothered either way you know so it's taken me a long time to get there I wouldn't have been like that you know day one but I've got to the point what I realized I've got to the point where it's actually it's harder on yourself to hide it than be more open about it and all of a sudden you start you
1: start to find it's a lot easier to deal with. So do you think it lifts the burden a bit for, for you simply by being open about it
2: Definitely, like yeah. I, like like talking about like just to show like it's it it has a, a huge impact on my on my work at this moment in time. I have I've, I've you know I have to be going back to like keeping the workload manageable. Like yeah. I have to kind of really be careful that I can manage with like because what tends to happen with myself because I. I it tends to come in in waves, and and like oh. if it kind of hits me, it kind of it takes all my momentum away, yeah. And you know, and the job the job suffers, and I've had to be open with customers and say like, look, this is the situation, and, and up until this point, I've you know I've hardly had anyone say it's an issue. They're, they're well, that's really
1: good, that because that, that's difficult being open about that with customers because we want to put across as kind of professional can do.
2: Correct attitude. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, balancing that, I suppose, with that vulnerability I mean, is hard. I
2: do. I do find it hard to to be open uh, to the customers in the in the fact that I do exactly what you've just said there. I want to be able to provide a a consistent um, uh, a consistent experience. Yeah. And when when it does impact, I'm really disappointed. Mm. Um, but at the end of the day, rather than try and hide it and, and just make some excuse like, "Oh, mm. the materials have come late," mm. or this, uh, you could you could come up with an array of excuses. I and they like, p- people see
1: through that. I've I've had tradesmen work like in my house where I've been sort of aware that there's been issues around anxiety and depression, but they've they've made other excuses that are so transparently. Not the case, and I'd much rather they're just honest. Honesty yeah. is always best, yeah. I think. Yeah, and I do, I do relate as well. I mean, I've, I've had on-off depression. I sort of seem to be inclined that way, and yeah. Yeah. I think, I think quite a lot of people in this line of work are. That then I think well, it seems to be so widespread anyway in the mm-hmm. building profession. And in society in general, possibly more in men. I might be wrong to say that. I'd, I wonder if I'm, I feel like I'm seeing a trend amongst small-scale fitted furniture makers, but maybe it's just the same trend that's everywhere. But yeah, I yeah, go on.
2: Yeah, I, I think um, like w- with myself, I think that there's two there's two things that basically can can grind someone down. Like for myself, like. With my depression, it's it, it's it's a little bit that some of it's been out of my control. It's it's a chemical imbalance within within my brain that kind of that doesn't help. Uh-huh. Uh, but 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 with someone that perhaps hasn't got sort of a clinically diagnosed depression, just just having your own business and and the general kind of uh, things that go on with the business, uh, ups downs, you know, things that go wrong, things that. It's so much of a mental challenge that, like, you have to have. You have to have. You're an incredible person (laughs) if you don't. If you don't get affected by it, you know. If you can, if you can, if you've got tough skin and you and you don't let it affect you, then then you then you're better than what I am because
1: I. I think one reason why I think my theory that we in this kind of work are particularly prone is because you don't do this kind of work unless you're quite quality oriented and Correct, yeah. detail oriented. Yeah. And I don't think you can be that way without it then getting you, getting you down a lot when you can't meet those standards that Correct, you set yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And also if you're, if you're a designer and a maker and a problem solver, then when you have life situations, which you can't solve and fix mm-hmm. and, and make right, because that's how you're wired to do things. Then that's sitting there unresolved in your brain, and it and it mm-hmm. troubles you. Yeah.
2: Well, I think uh, the thing is, what's difficult as well is like probably like probably yourself. You probably you probably you probably have a vision for like you know your just say like business rather than like your, your actual lifestyle, but like you you probably have a vision for your business, and like that vision is probably well away from where you are at the moment, uh, and. That's a frustration yeah. in itself, you know, because you know yeah. where you want to get to, but you, you've got, you, you're like, you're so far away from where you want to be at. that yeah. you know, you, it's, it's creating the frustration. <laughs>
1: and you don't have, you don't have a boss to give you some parameters. So, I mean, you don't have a boss to say you've done a good job. Okay, yeah. fair enough. It sounds like the bosses yeah. you had before maybe didn't do that anyway, but at no. least, no. If you have a boss and a structure and other staff carrying the other responsibilities around yeah. you, then you sort of know your place yeah. and you know when you're doing well and you know when you're not yeah. doing well. Yeah. But when it's all up to you, it's yeah. so much to manage and it's, there's no structure. I, I, unless you impose it, but the burden of imposing the structure on yourself is, I find, quite demanding. Yeah.
2: No, I, I, I totally agree with that. I think, um, you know, it, it's, uh, there's no one. Like, yes, when you've completed a job and the customer's happy, mm. you know, the customer, oh, yeah, really happy with the job and you get paid. That
1: is the lift, isn't it? The customer's feedback like, when it's good. That is the yeah. lift,
2: the, you know, yeah. if there wasn't that, the, 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 you know, you, the, there wouldn't be a lot of things that are kind of giving <laughs> you a boost. But yeah. um, there's, I think what's difficult about having a business is there's no one no one um will come and pat you on the back or give you Mm -hmm. any reassurance whether you're doing a good job at this moment in time or whether you're going to be you know no one can come to you and say alistair if you keep doing what you're doing keep pummeling away in 10 years you're going to have this pot of gold you know if someone told you that You'd be like you wouldn't twelve hour days and this that and the other because you know that you're guaranteed getting that pot of gold at the end of it, but mm. you know you, there's no guarantees and it's. It, you, I think That's true. Internally, there's this 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 ter- this internal kind of cycle of like you're constantly questioning yourself. I mean, it's yes. only this year I I've been in my workshop three years and from day one when I took that workshop on up until three year up, up until now. I've uh-huh. only just decided to, because I, I looked and I thought, shall I just get a job? Shall I just go back into employment, Yeah. you know, and have that security net? And, uh, you know, there's, there's some disadvantages to that. And I sort of said to myself, there's no other alternative. I have to make this work. So I'm not giving myself, it, like, forget that now. I'm not getting a job. I'm going to give this 100%. And it's, it's taken me three years of having a workshop and having all this machinery. Just still, I'm still questioning myself. Up until like early this year, you know, it's like because you know yourself. I mean, you spoke about this on on your last podcast about money, you know. Yeah. And you know, you, you look at what you've got at the end of it. You put all this effort in, and you look at what you've got yeah. at the end of it, and you think most people wouldn't even get out of bed for what uh, they're doing. But, yeah. You know, they wouldn't. They wouldn't even. They wouldn't even consider it, and I think going back to this pot of gold scenario—if someone yeah. promised you this pot of gold after it—you'd you, do it, no question. But because there's yeah. no guarantee there, you're always thinking to yourself, oh "God, you know, am I do?" And then you've got the horrible, like you know—I know you mentioned it on your on your last podcast about comparing yourself to others. I mean, yeah. I would class myself in this category. You're constantly looking at what everyone else is doing. Yeah, oh, how are they doing that? How are they affording this? How are they doing yeah. that? And you look at yourself and you thinking, I must be doing something wrong here. You yeah, know? I,
1: I... it's the feeling of the feeling of failure that can creep in. Mm-hmm. That I haven't managed to make a success of this where other people have done, or I should have done it sooner. Yeah. Will I ever do it? That can nag away at you, like not not yeah. doing it well enough. Yeah, yeah.
2: So I mean, you know, there's. Without without putting a, a huge damp on it, it's it's just it's just everyone that listens to this, whoever's listening to it, and they're they're in this scenario, they should be able to relate because it is something that you know that I think is it is you, you are constantly questioning yourself. But mm. hopefully, fingers crossed, like we all are, just keep going, and hopefully there will be reward at the end. And I think you have to look at other people, like I mentioned earlier about this guy. You know, this just going back to him, right? His turnover is five hundred thousand, right? Mm-hmm. His he what he actually made last year is two hundred grand. Mm. So, you know, to put that into perspective, you know, that'd be, that'd I mean but nice. <laughs> both his what both himself and his wife, the directors, and he mm. puts eighty grand a year, or he has the last couple of years, into their pension because mm. it's like part of their um Part of the being a limited company, you can kind of offset your yeah. your you, you basically your um, corporation tax. So to to reduce your corporation tax. So when you hear stories like that and you see how he's done it, and you you know you, it gives you a little bit of hope for the future. If you do, if you make the right decisions, you, you you could you can get there.
1: Yeah, I've seen with messages that you've sent me in the past. You're clearly big on positive mindset you've sent me some great youtube videos a couple of those those types of videos where you've got a famous actor giving yeah, a speech yeah. at a graduation yeah. ceremony yeah. And yeah. summing up yeah. their advice for life yeah. and yeah. they are they are really good um the last well, one me, was Matthew McConaughey maybe yeah, M- Matthew really McConaughey. nice bits uh, of advice
2: one of the best ones up until this day I mean YouTube like is great for so many different things, but like what, I've, what I utilize it for as well is not only for, like, for learning like, new techniques, but, but like you know I'm not a business person, but like there's so many people out there that, that are putting videos on YouTube, helping giving advice for running a, a business, not the same business as yourself, but running a business, and mm. ideas and approaches that you can use. And and basically I try and I try and garner some of that, that information uh to be able to apply to myself and, and going back to like the motivational speeches is sometimes you, you do need someone to like basically tell you that like to give you a bit of a boost you know and one of the best ones and i sent it to you i think it was the first one that i sent to you was denzel washington yeah um his speech uh it's only like 11 minutes long but it is so like when i listen to that like every now and again like i I listen to it because and i can almost recite it now
1: Hmm. um because it is so so good and and I think it's a sort of training and practice, and this is something I've only cottoned onto in the last few years, is that you have to train your brain to think a better way because you can get into lifelong habits if you're not careful of yeah. worry, anxiety, bitterness, mm-hmm. negativity, and that all impacts, that, that, that sets the course of your life. Because yeah. if that's the mindset you've got, then an opportunity might come in front of you and you won't take it because you see the negative. Mm-hmm. And, and that all adds up to the whole direction of your life. Yeah. And I've clocked on now to, I've got to every day again and again, practice thinking positive, And I still really slip back and it all goes negative, but you just got to pick yourself up again and practice the, the positive again.
2: Well, well I, I think like, like for, for someone like yourself. I mean, I have a lot lot of admiration for yourself, not only for the fact that you're like you you're doing your own thing and you know you're trying to grow a business, but like with having a disabled um your son being disabled, you know, and, and how that mentally can impact you. Mm-hmm. Um you know, there's it's it's very impressive to see like to see what to see what you do as a family, and, and you know, trying to do what you're doing. Like, there's a lot of, and I think probably a lot of people admire you for that. You know, for you don't you don't allow that to hold you back. You know, you you mm. you, you know you embrace you. the you embrace, you embrace the situation, and and keep moving forward. You know.
1: Thank you. Um, I I don't see myself as a very high capacity person. Because like someone that's capable of lots and lots of work, I see some people that can work, work, work. Mm-hmm. And yet I realized that I now come across as I seem to be doing a lot. I'm, do, mm-hmm. I'm running this business. I'm doing the YouTube podcasting and people always comment on you do so much. Um, part of my secret is Brady <laughs> because he does pretty much all I the can imagine, yeah, yeah I can <laughs> I'm imagine really Brady's fortunate to have good. Brady. Um, but I do... I do work hard, and um, it did sort of come off the back of what was a very traumatic experience for me and my family of our second child um, being on on the point of death at premature birth, Mm -hmm. like his heart was just about stopped. Yeah. And pretty much the the severest level of bl- brain damage, brain bleed, severe severe brain bleed,
2: yeah,
1: um, and a and a, a bunch of other stuff, which was just awful to go through. And we were in this bubble of grief and anguish. I remember crying at my desk. Mm. Um, I'd just taken on Graham and Camilla because we had. Yeah. I shared. I've shared some of this on a video. Um, but it was a very very dark time, and there, I do remember saying to myself, "If we don't, if I don't move forward, I'm only going to slip back." Mm. Um, and there were certainly po- times when I was pretty much just dropping the ball because you have to, and it's right to on uh, dropping the ball of business because oh, because okay. family is most important. But that was weighing hugely on me. And I was, I was so helped by the kindness of friends, family, and even strangers. Mm. And someone set up for us a crowdfunding thing called GoFundMe. Yeah. Where, and I was just bowled over by the generosity from, from friends of friends of friends going around the world to America. People just giving because they could see. I didn't have to explain to them. I didn't have to justify to them. They could see that we were in desperate need and without the help of them financially would go under because, yeah, yeah. Three, three months my son was in intensive care with us fearing yeah. his life. Um, and so I think, well, there's something I wanted to share about the depression. Um, through that period, there was one, there was one point in the middle of that where three separate times I got this. Same message. Now, I, I'm a Christian. I believe in God. Yeah. I don't talk about it as much as I used to, partly because the way I used to talk about it, I now find quite shallow. And I think I used to presume to understand a lot about God and life. And now I feel a little bit struck dumb because a lot of my assumptions were wrong. And I think I feel very aware of You can never take anything for granted. Mm. Bad things happen to good people. Mm. And there's nothing that makes that clearer to you than it happening to yourself. You can know it in theory, but it's always tempting to think that you're protected and shielded somehow. Mm. So it's sort of like I felt like this this veil of naivety got drawn drawn back. And I'm warier now than I was about assuming to understand spiritual matters. Mm. But in the middle of this period, a friend said to me this this saying that, I forget where it came from, but it says, um, life is not about waiting for the storm to pass, but learning to dance in the rain. Mm. And I'd heard it previously, and I, and I found it a little bit trite. Like, oh, it was just one of those memes or mm. fuzzy things that goes around the internet. But this, it, within the space of one week, one person said it to me, Someone completely separate and disconnected said it to me, and I was starting to think, no. Oh. And then, out of the blue, we received the parcel, which when we opened it up, it was this sort of wall hanging saying exactly the same thing. And it was, it really felt, it really seemed uncanny. And it was such a relevant message because I was thinking, if, if only we can get through this, then maybe we can be happy. But also wrestling with the the terrifying truth of my son is permanently disabled, yeah. and I never imagined a life like that. And I always no. thought it was something that would happen to someone else. And I had empathy for others, but it was always a sort of distant arm's length empathy. I realise now, looking back, like I'm so glad I'm not you.
2: Yeah. No, um, I think I think everyone goes along like that until it actually happens. It, yeah. Yeah.
1: I would, yeah, you know. well, we do, don't we? It is it is human nature. But then this, so this message, I, I keep it in mind because I do feel like it was almost divinely inspired, the way that this was just being drummed into me. Like this is, this is the reality, that you, life isn't about waiting for the storm to pass. And I think it's something I've come to terms with, with, say, with depression. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, that maybe... I'll always have a tendency towards that. Yeah. But actually I can learn to to dance in the rain. I can say, well, I don't have to fix that. Absolutely. But I can manage it. Yeah. And, um, I think those sorts of things drive me and motivate me. I feel like I have a certain amount of compassion. There's nothing like, I think suffering to give you compassion for others and to break a lot of your, your pride and arrogance. Yeah, so that has shaped me, mm-hmm. and I see life very differently because we—you've—you've you've got kids, haven't you? Dog, we had
2: we uh, our first child uh, last March. It's come up for her first birthday. Great. And so um, you know, but my, my wife is actually um, a paediatrician. Okay. So um, you know, I understand quite a lot about uh, prematurity and you okay. know all the, you know she sees it firsthand. You know. Yeah some horrendous situations you know some children you know pull through it and they you know but when you when you are pre- like severely premature or there's always that risk of of, of the child being disabled because they're not yeah. really fully developed you know and, they, and yeah. you know it, it, you know so i hear quite a lot of things and like you know when jess got pregnant i mean you know it's always in the back of your mind you just Really hope that everything goes okay. And I mean, we had just didn't have the easiest of uh, labours. Um, Daisy was back to back, which is one of the hardest ways for the for childbirth. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, she had to go, and we had to have she had to go to theatre for forceps. And the um, the obstetrician actually had to rotate Daisy back into a better position for it to then be able to be kind of helped like to come out
1: I see and so it's quite it a quite scary a, time
2: yeah you know, it wasn't it wasn't um you know it wasn't a really nice cushy uh you know going and you know all of a sudden hmm. five hours later you've got um, you know and the, the, we had like the we, we had to have um she had to have um because their oxygen levels were, were going down uh during mm. the labor she had to have like um, a scratch on her forehead on her, the top of her head, to basically look at the oxygen saturations, mm-hmm. um, to see whether you know, and and obviously just being in the line of work that she's in, you know, she knew exactly, you know, she she, she could because she was basically she had the heart rate monitor on all the time during the, the labour.
0: Oh yeah. She was yeah, constantly. Like
2: she was quite quite aware of of what was going on, and um, so yeah, I mean, we're we're just. You know, it's it's like going back to what you said. It's like with any anything, like like cancer, or you know, or or children being ill, or you know, you just you hope that you dodge that bullet. You know, you know everyone's everyone can be in line for it, but you hope that you're the lucky one to be able to dodge that that one. That you know.
1: Yeah, and I think being aware of the worst that can happen is healthy. I know leaving leaving the intensive care. Wards, remember us saying it was like leaving a war zone where some of your comrades, because you get very close to the other parents and babies, yeah, yeah, some of them yeah. fall on the battlefield, and yeah. You, you, yeah, yeah you, you're thankful for you're thankful to come out alive, yeah. and yet you're also wounded. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But you just you do have this awareness of the worst that can happen. I I was yeah. I was just halfway through a thought earlier saying um i'm sure you know when you've got kids you you have hopes and dreams a little bit in a way like you're talking about you have hopes and dreams for where things will go in life and in business and naturally mm-hmm. for your kids you have hopes and dreams and i think having a disabled child um it's very painful at first because you you don't you can't take anything for granted and and you you're, you're desperately you're grief-stricken for what could have been for them and for your life but then you Certainly for us with Isaac, he's such a delightful child. And everything he does, if he says a word badly or if he manages to sit up, or hopefully one day take a step, everything he does you then delight in. And this thing about comparison, we all compare to each other and think, how does that person do that? It's like that's all stripped away. And there's a really pure sort of love then for that child because they, they just are who they are and you, ha- you, you, you let go of all your, your demands that they need to achieve a certain amount at school or, or, yeah, or socially yeah. or, or anything. And is, there's something really special and delightful about it, and I feel like it's, it's got me in touch with what's really important mm. in, a, in a new way. Um, and one, one other little thing I wanted to share because we got onto this was um, I, I am sometimes aware of I – there's a tendency to use work to escape. Mm. So sometimes mm. work can be a sort of laziness because it's, I know what I'm doing and where I am at work. Mm. Yeah. And I'm competent. I'm respected. Mm. I respect myself if I can make something well mm. and I can control it. I can control it's that. It's yeah. it is in a way. And I think as men, we've we got to be careful because we can retreat into that it can be when your head's a mess it can be an escape but you can you can use it as an excuse especially when it's bound up with i'm doing this to provide for my family um Um, but sometimes yes but sometimes your family needs you present (laughs) there not worried and maybe not making as much money
2: go on i always look i always look at like obviously what you're doing and you know, with the work. And I know the demands of setting up a, a workshop, you know, and yours is, yours is going to be bigger than what mine is. And mm. I, I know the, the demands on that, the demands of keeping a, a, a flow of work coming through the business mm. while you're doing that. Plus you've got your your family situation, you yeah. know, and then by doing all these other things, you know, I just think, I, I look and I, I don't know how you, how you how something, doesn't, how something doesn't get affected by it because you can, one
1: person can only do so much, if you know what I mean. Yes, that, well, that's right. And I, I, I mean, I, I do have, I have some clever ways of, of things not taking as long as perhaps they could. I've, I've got Brady and then I've got, I, I, I don't do a whole lot of editing on most of my videos, but clearly it does take on time. Uh, there's this guy called Brian Ward, who he's got a website called Third Way Man. Brian Ward, B-R-Y-A-N. He's an American guy. He's run businesses. And he, I don't think he's on YouTube, but he has an email list. You can sign up on the website. And he's a really good writer. He writes these really kind of cutting, incisive things about what it's, what it's really about to be a man in, in what he calls the third way. So a family man and a businessman and someone being true to yourself, not compromising. And, um, He talks about things along the lines of the best best thing you can give to your family is yourself being fully alive and happy, not Not in a selfish way. Yeah. And so we don't want to just be doormats or or just house husbands. There's very few of us who are really fulfilled doing that, only that. Um, And we must be there for our kids and we must give to our family. But if – you can find a work pattern that brings you alive, then that's yeah. a good thing. And so for me, um, sadly, often the business doesn't do that, but
2: yeah.
1: communicating on YouTube and podcasts really does. And my wife sees it. Yeah. Um, and I don't get the balance right all the time. And I do work too long on things sometimes, but I'm very fortunate. I think and am blessed that my wife's really on my side with the direction of the YouTubing work. And she when I first hit a thousand subscribers, she um she gave me this sort of really touching gift bag of yeah. loads yeah. of stuff and a card yeah. and it was really right, yeah. sweet. And um so yeah, I know I know she supports that and, and I think it's partly because she sees that I'm happy um YouTubing and sharing and connecting. Yeah. And I think it's been very good for me because it's made me feel less isolated mm-hmm. to connect with others. In this workspace. So, i in summary, I suppose I I do all the different things you do. You see me doing, primarily because I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, the the, the business accepted actually. The, well, yeah. and the business is complicated, as you know. I I, I enjoy it in theory, but often it's yeah. a burden. But yeah,
2: yeah. There's there's so much with, with what we do. There's so much you can talk about. Yeah. Um, sp- specific topics you can talk about a specific topic quite a lot. So. It, We've covered quite a large area, yeah. In, you know, in the time, and
1: we could we could carry on no end, I'm sure. But yeah. yeah, let's let's wrap it up. Let's yeah. wrap it no, up. It's been, it's been
2: really nice to speak to you, Alistair, and you too. Yeah, you know, thanks thanks for letting me uh, come on and you know, like share my experience up until now. So pleasure, great. Okay, okay. okay. yeah. See you yeah. on Instagram. All the best. Good Thank night. You. Cheers. Okay. Bye. Bye.